other. I'm one of those passionate, emotional people that speaks the truth whenever I see it. And you know, that doesn't go over very well in the world. <laughs> you know, we've all been bullied, all of us, from the playground to the classroom, from the bedroom to the boardroom. And some of my most memorable experiences are at the workplace. I'll never forget the day I sat in Lothar's office. It was a big office with glass from the floor to the ceiling and lush oriental rug, leather chairs. Lothar had called this meeting. He was the owner of the manufacturing company that I worked at. He had called this meeting because I had made a complaint about his friend and my boss, Jerry. Let me tell you how I got there about that day. You know, I've worked a lot of crummy, no good, awful jobs. Crazy, for crazy people, crazy stuff for crazy people. I remember uh, placing bets at the track for one of my bosses. There was another guy who liked to have me walk on his back. You know, I would take my shoes off and I would go in and walk on his back. We had our clothes on, you know. <laughs> but it was still really weird. <laughs> I grew up in that era of uh, the feminist movement. I was a little kid and the bra burning was happening and it was like, I had high hopes and high expectations when I finally hit the workplace, but I was in for some big disappointments with, um, from all kinds of people, you know, women who uh, ridiculed me because they were envious, men who shared obscene fantasies with me just to watch my reaction. By the time I had ended up working for Lothar, I was in my early 30s, married with children. I was in the engineering department. I had started out as an admin and had worked my way up to lead engineer. The engineers, we had an office where there was a window that looked down onto the shop floor. Whenever I went on the shop floor, I wore a white lab coat. It had my name on it. It was kind of like a mechanic thing. I don't know. And all the supervisors wore white coats, and everybody else wore blue coats. It was a classic blue-collar environment. A lot of the people that worked there were uh, immigrants from Southeast Asia, people who, in their homeland, had been lawyers, hairdressers, accountants. You know, but because their English was, you know, they lacked English-speaking skills. So here they were, they had gone through these tremendous trials and tribulations, you know, going through the Mekong Delta to get away from the Viet Cong with their little babies in their arms. So they could come over there to Lothar's manufacturing plant and work on the shop floor in their little blue coats, gluing widgets together. And a lot of the Americans that worked at the company, they made fun of those people. 
mean, fun in the way they spoke and the way they uh, walked, the way they looked, the kind of food and how it smelled. And, you know, I would speak up because I'm a truth teller and call them out. So I wasn't very popular. One day, Lothar called us all together in the company. There was really this shadow of shame and humiliation over the whole environment. He called us all together, and there we were in our white and blue coats, and he had picked up a part that we had made. We made things out of plastic and wood. He picked up this one part and he threw it on the ground. I could see the veins in his head and in his neck just bulging and he had turned completely red and he had this little beak nose and he just he was really being so abusive to this man, Max, who had escaped Pinochet's death squad from in Chile and was a brilliant guy. But it was his day to receive the wrath of Luther. And we all stood around and witnessed this. And it was really difficult to know what to do. It was so shocking and so horrible. And it was at the height of the recession in the 80s, and we all desperately needed our job. So everybody just stood there and witnessed that abuse. And we're so glad that it was not me. Well, there we were in Lothar's office. I had made this complaint about Jerry. Jerry was the new engineering manager. And you know, Jerry was a real engineer. None of us were, but he was a real PE. He came to work the first day, sauntering in, and I could immediately see that he was shit-faced drunk. My co-worker, Brian, he could see too, and we, you know, exchanged a glance like, oh, great, the new manager. Jerry comes in, he's walking, he's really sloppy, and, you know, he falls. Right? Yeah. Brian and I go over and help him up. As soon as we get close enough to him, we can just smell the whiskey. I mean, he was just reeking. It was just nauseating. And we help Jerry up. It was just a mess. Brian and I are looking at each other and rolling our eyes and oh, and it just triggered something in me. I don't know. It was like the final straw. You know, here this guy came in on his first day of work, completely drunk, and just expected me to take it. I was just supposed to accept that and let that be fine. Well, I was pissed. It was 8 o'clock in the morning, but I didn't hesitate to call Lothar at home. I called him up and I said, listen, 
You've got to do something about this. Jerry's drunk, and this is unacceptable. And I hung the phone up. Well, Lothar didn't like that <laughs> one bit. He did not like me, the little woman, telling him what to do. So he called a meeting in his luxurious office, and Jerry was there, and my co-worker, Brian, and the general manager of the company, and the quality control supervisor, all men. And I'm sitting there in the circle. And Luther turns to me and he says, well, I understand that you have accused Jerry of being drunk at work. And I said, yes, that's correct. And Walter turns to Brian and he says, Is this true, Brian? Did you see Jerry drunk at work? And Brian says, Well, I don't know if he was drunk. Maybe he just tripped. And I'm thinking, What? 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 Is, what? How can you just throw me under the bus like that? And then I thought, well, he needs his job. He's married. He's got a couple of little kids at home. So Lothar turns back to me and he says, well, Lynn, I don't think that this accusation can be substantiated. He turns back to Ryan and he says, well, did Jerry smell of alcohol? And Brian says, well, yeah, but you know, maybe he spilled it on his tie or something. <laughs> it was just unbelievable to me. So Luther turns to me and he says, Lynn, I want you to give Jerry an apology. And just like everyone in my life, where I had been expressing my truth. They just wanted me to sweep it under the rug. And so I said, so you just want me to sweep this under the rug, huh? And he says, yes, I do. And I thought about it. And how I thought, God, this is so wrong. And then I thought, well, I need this job. My husband's injured. He'd been injured on his job. I've got two little kids at home. I need this job. So I took a breath. And I turned to Jerry. And I said, I apologize. And we swept that under the rug. And we all got up and went back to work. Oh. <laughs>